Welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the 131st episode of the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about some unconventional ways for you to land your next job. Listen, I know a lot of you out there are struggling to get your resumes in the right hands and to really get down the right strategy when it comes to your job search. That's the reason you may want to listen to this episode. And today I brought on a fantastic guest. His name is Nassar Ahmed. He's the founder and CEO of CareerMetis.com, a publication dedicated to helping job seekers and freelancers with actionable advice and resources. He's also the host of the Career Insider podcast and the co-host of the Care podcast. All right, so let's launch right into it with our 131st episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. All right, Nassar, how are you doing today? Hey, Chris. Thank you. I'm, I'm doing really well. I am recording this from my temporary location in Medellin, Colombia, uh, in lockdown at the time of this <laughs> recording. So trying to be as productive digitally as possible. So everything is great. So uh, thanks for asking. I love it. And uh, for, for a lot of the, the guests, this is almost like this time capsule. If you're looking back in time, the, there's going to be a span of five to 10 episodes where all of my recordings with guests are going to be through lockdown. So if we can do it here, <laughs> producing this podcast, then you could do your job search. So um, and Nassar, we've never actually had you on this podcast before. So we'd love to hear a little bit about a little bit about your background and how you got into the career space. Sure. Um, thank you. Um, so I started off my 20s, like anyone else, graduating, confused, not really sure what to do. So I, I went through the same struggles as everybody else, trying to find a job, sending out resumes, going to interviews, trying to navigate job offers. And as I reached my early to mid-20s, I did, as I was changing jobs or even trying to get a raise, I did what people naturally do. I read books, watched YouTube videos. At that time, podcasts were relatively new. Um, read um, books, blogs. I even hired a career coach and that investment really paid off. So that oh, all that really helped me become successful in my job search and in my career advancement. Uh, then it got to a point where my friends and family, they were going through their own job search. I would just sh- freely share advice. I'd just tell them, hey, try this, try that. And they would try it and they come back to me and say, wow, actually that really worked. And um, so I, I was not expecting anything. I was just trying to, you know, share what I know. Uh, and then, then it got to a point, a few of my friends, we were having coffee and they said, why don't you start writing about this? Initially, I brushed it off, like, who's going to listen to me? Um, then after persuasion and lots of procrastination, I really started it. Mm-hmm. I started a blog called Career Metis. Um, initially, it was just a blog, me sharing my ideas, what has worked, and Fast forward now, four and a half, five years later, it has grown to a publication where I'm, I don't write anymore. I'm the editor. Uh, we have a series of guest contributors who contribute um, articles, interviews, insights that will help job seekers uh, and even up and coming freelancers and how they can navigate their career. So I started to summarize very quickly. I started off just like everyone else and I started sharing it. Then I realized I could turn this into a publication. So that's why I am in this space right now. I love that. And uh, a common theme I've always found with the guests I have on the show is just their their constant you know, desire to help other people. 
and uh, specifically job seekers, because, you know, I know a lot of job seekers are, you know, sometimes in a vulnerable spot. So um, I really appreciate people like you and people who come on the show who are just, you know, there to found and give the best advice possible for job seekers. So, so thank you, sir. You know, I want to launch into some of these unconventional strategies. I think oftentimes we think, you know, I want to get my my dream job. Let me just send my application out or my resume out to a bunch of different jobs on Indeed or or job postings online, which um, it's not the worst thing in the world, you know, that people are doing this, but I think people need to start thinking, I hate to use the word outside the box or use the phrase outside the box, but people need other ideas. So you come today uh, to the table with some unconventional strategies. Let's hear some of those. Sure. Um, even though these are unconventional, many people might, some people might have heard about it. But mm-hmm. I, call, I still call them unconventional because not a, lot of, not a lot of people really do it, right? You might, knowledge is not power. Tony Robbins says that applied knowledge is power. So some of these ideas you might like, wait a minute, I heard about this, but <laughs> the question is, have you done it? First one, I'm sure everyone has heard about it, but I can guarantee maybe only 1% of people have applied it. It's called informational interviews. Um, so essentially what it means is you're breaking away from their traditional spray and pray or applying for a job. In, in, in this case, you are not the interview, uh, UVE, you are the interviewer, and you are actually reaching out to individuals in a company or a profession, Then you're reaching out to them and picking their brains, and they, they might provide the guidance for you right. to navigate that career. So just also briefly give a little bit of preamble is a lot of people out there, if, especially if they are, have they've had a career and they are successful, um, you mentioned this earlier, a lot of people on your show who come on as guests, they want to help people. I think that's common for most professionals, not just career coaches or people in the industry. Um, people like to help, people like to share it. Just It's just yeah. human nature. And especially someone who's achieved a certain level, they are okay to share that information as long as you're approaching it from the right place. So whenever you reach out to someone, as long as you're not just in their face asking for a job, or you want to pick their brains, you would be surprised by how many people would be willing to help. And like you reach out to 10 people, three of them would say yes, or even two of them would say yes, that's still better than nothing. So I'll give you a quick story. A friend of mine, um, he really wanted to get into digital marketing. So he did what most people would not do. Instead of just applying for a job, he created a blog, he ran some Facebook ads, spend a little money just to get himself familiar with it. Then what he did is he realized, you know what? This is exactly what I want to do. I want to be in digital marketing. I tried this by myself and it worked and I enjoy it. So what he did is he reached out to CMOs and CEOs in Toronto of small startups. And he basically said, I want to pick your brains. I'm, I'm new. As you can see, I don't have experience. I want to get into digital marketing and I'm, want to pick your brain. One person agreed to it uh, and, and she was a CMO of a startup. They met for coffee. Mm-hmm. He did pick her brains. Then as the meeting was wrapping up, he actually also said, hey, listen, I'll also be tr- honest here. I don't only have an interest. I also have some experience in digital marketing. Take a look at what I've done. This is some ads I've done. These are some blogs I've run. I'm really, as you can see, I don't have the degree, but I'm really hungry. And um, for a company like you, I don't know if you're hiring. If you do, I will love a shot. So she didn't. She didn't give him an answer that day. She went back to his her office, spoke to her business partner. I think next week invited him for a presentation, and he got the job. Obviously, 
he didn't last mm-hmm. in the, he didn't that comp- he didn't stay in that job for many years but he that experience gave him validity and now he's built a solid digital marketing career so if i can do it he can do it there's no excuse for anyone else to do it i think um you know that's a really good illustration of how someone can get a job through the informational interview um do you think in terms of like the mentality going into the interview itself that you should go in, you know, looking for a job or, or should it really truly be about the search for information or advice? A great question. I don't know if there's a straight, like a straightforward answer. It could be both. Okay. Like for example, let's take a, what if you're like my friend and you still haven't decided digital marketing is the place for be place to be, but you want to be there. So you can use that information meeting to just pick someone's brains and, um, and they will provide you guidance and they, maybe that individual has 20, 10, 20, 30 years of experience and they will probably give you more than just about digital marketing, right? So in certain industries like construction, they have this apprentice program where people can go and try it out. Unfortunately for white collar professions, it, it doesn't exist, uh, right? And unfo- yeah. so you can use that opportunity and say, listen, I'm curious, I don't know. Um, I'm still in school or I just graduated I'm even willing to volunteer to learn if this is for me. So you're coming up a very soft approach. So you're coming from a strict place of learning. So that's number one. The second right. way is maybe maybe you've already decided, you know, um, let's say Chris Inc. is the company I want to work for. And I spend all the time about um, learning about uh, Chris Inc. And I, I see that, oh, I can really add value. Then when I sit down with you, Chris, I would actually not only pick your brains, I would also tell you what I will potentially do. So you're using that informational interview to not only talk, but also to share about what you can do. My strong guess is they don't have a problem when you come in with, I want to add value, then I'm seeking something, which is I'm looking for a job. So it could really, I think you can really use it for any situation. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic uh, answer because you know I think a lot of a lot of people know about informational interviews. They've they've heard the concept thrown around, maybe kind of in the back, but um, a lot of people can't really picture or conceptualize what one may look like. And I think what you've done is you know shown some good examples of what would an action look like in my job search. So you know I think people should picture themselves talking with people physically, or you know if they're in this current health crisis time, then setting up Zoom meetings like you and I have going on right now. And, you know, picking up that informational interview game. And last question before we move on to your other strategy is, do you have any good reach out methods, I should say, for informational interviews? Is it, you know, purely a LinkedIn game or are there other ways to get these interviews? I would say use as many channels as possible, right? So LinkedIn is one, email is one. Um, it's there are So LinkedIn is pretty straightforward. Unfortunately, I don't know what has happened recently. Like uh, even me, I get... I think only two out of 10 messages are legit. A lot of them are like people trying to sell and spammy message email. So yeah. if, if the person on the other end might might not even see your message on LinkedIn, so they might dismiss it because it's in the it's in the it's in it's in a big inbox. So try LinkedIn for sure. Absolutely, people are very active on LinkedIn. Uh, I would also recommend try uh, emailing them. And mm-hmm. uh, and it's funny actually, people think email is ineffective. People spend a lot, whenever people, okay, of course, nowadays. It's the first place I look. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. When you're commuting, let's say you're on public transit or you're waiting in line at Starbucks, 
I have seen everyone, executives, check emails. <laughs> People are always checking your, their emails. And if you write a simple message, they will at least read it. And email yeah. is really effective. Cool. I love that. So informational interviews, thing number one, what is your second unconventional strategy? This, this is really useful for people who are already working and they want to make a shift or uh, they're really unsure. I would strongly encourage everyone to have a side hustle. Love it. Doesn't matter who you are, what stage of life, because with the side hustle, it's not necessarily about, uh, people always think side hustle is like, I'm driving an Uber, I'm, I'm delivering for Uber Eats. And there's nothing wrong with that. Those are really valuable gig economy jobs. Or, right. But there are so many side hustles. And if you do a little research, you can do, like for example, starting a podcast is a side hustle or starting a blog is a side hustle. You becoming a part-time graphic designer, you might be an accountant full-time, but you realize, wait a minute, I really like design. Build, doing some logo and graphic design on the side uh, to just connect with your creative side or something, um, all has huge benefits. Number one, I think the biggest is you are using your free time productive. productive. Right. You're learning something, you know, building a skill, and you're learning it on, on your own time. That means you can do the trial and error. Second thing is, you know, the obvious benefit is you are able to monetize it. Of course, why not, right? Right now, like there's a big student loan crisis um, right now. I mean, it's US and Canada. Uh, imagine if you can make an extra $500 a month from your side hustle, even if you don't change your jobs, that's valuable in itself. And then the third final thing I would say is, I, I have a story is you can turn your side hustle into a full-time career. So for years, I worked in sales. I think my from my early 20s to early 30s, I was in sales. I was getting to a point where I was losing interest, but of course, and I, I was getting interested in online marketing, but of course, nobody's going to hire me if no experience, right? So I decided to build a blog, which is Career Metis, and I was just doing it on evenings and weekends. Weekends, I would just go to <laughs> Starbucks, get you know, tons of coffee and just write, and it was just learning. Over the course of a few year, couple of years, I built a skill set. It became a little solid. My interest in that thing went up. And um, I was working in software sales for a startup in Toronto. Um, and I saw myself that I was really excited about different types of online marketing ways to generate buzz. So even though I was in sales, I, I volunteered to my boss, the CEO, to do some additional stuff like lead generation, give input as much and more than, even though uh, I was still in sales, I got involved in a lot of meetings and discussions, even though it was not my role. And finally, a few months into it, I just popped the question to my boss, listen, I'm doing this part-time. I can do a really good job full-time. Let me run the entire marketing or lead generation team. Um, I can do this better than anyone else. I've proven it without getting paid for it. Imagine if you pay me for it, how will yeah. I do it? After a couple of months of persuasion, he did give me a senior role. It was a senior director role. So I went from no experience in marketing to a, a director role in a startup with, with a, three team members. And um, that, that, is, that is just because of that side hustle. I'm sure there are tons of stories like that. Yeah. You know, I, th I think the best part about that is you don't need anyone to approve you. You don't need anyone's permission to start that side hustle. 
that's something that if you have enough drive or ambition, you could decide to do it today and no one's going to stop you or say, you know what, your resume isn't good enough because the limitation is you. Um, and, you know, I think you and I have a very similar story and, you know, my own business was my side hustle, you know, four or five years ago. And I was able to make it my full-time business where it's generating, you know, most of my income. So you never know when it could eventually flip over as long as you put consistency into it. Um, and although I'm still an entrepreneur because that's what I desire to do, I still feel confident that if I needed to get another job, whether it's, you know, related to marketing or building a product, you know, I know that's something that I could frame really well in a resume. So, you know, it, the, the side hustle concept is something that I really... It is unconventional. Thanks for bringing that. I think you would be one of the first on this podcast to do so. Number Can I add? Please, yeah. Quickly, and a lot of the side hustles cost very little. What is limiting you is your imagination, your time, and energy, right? Listen, man, like every, 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 every week there's a new show on Netflix. There's nothing. Trust me, I love some of the shows. I watch them once a week and all that. But do you really have to watch everything? What if you take half the time? I'm not, I'm not dissing. Netflix, it's very valuable. But if you take half the time, put it into yourself, imagine yeah. how far you will be two <laughs> years from now. I love that, man. Chills thinking about the all the opportunity that is, you know, should be captured right now from all these people who are um, spending too much time on Netflix. I'm one of them, so don't get mad at me for <laughs> if you're one of those people. But take some of that time and allot it towards your side hustle. Love it. All right, what is the third and last unconventional strategy that you will be bringing today? So if, if uh, one of the common underlying thing with side hustle is the word I forgot to mention is experience, right? So experience and skills that you can transfer to a job in the future. And that brings to the third point is the whole concept of freelancing. Um, in the past, freelancing had a stigma. It was for people who lost their jobs or people who retired. But now it has completely changed the biggest Benefactors or the people who show the most interest in freelancing is Gen Z and Gen, yeah, Gen Y, millennials and Gen yeah. Z, um, mainly because of the internet and all that. Uh, Upwork, which is like a major platform that connects freelancers with employers, did a survey last year towards the end of 2019. There were 55 million freelancers in different capacities, part-time and full-time in the US. So 55 million about, that's almost 20 to 35 20 to 30% of the total working population. That's a big number, right? And you're not, you're talking about anything in between. It's not just people who are uh, freelancing, this writing, uh, it's, it's, it's design, it's, it's web design, it's podcasting. I even found out there was a freelance drone operator and that blew me away. <laughs> Think about that. There are companies that awesome. in construction that need drone operators, they don't have the skill, so they would go to an expert. And there's not a lot of agencies or companies out there. So imagine if that is your passion and you can monetize that, it's amazing. So the reason I bring up freelancing right now is not necessarily to encourage people do it full time like me. I big part of my time is freelance. I enjoy it. But you can use freelancing as a segue into getting uh, a full time job. Or maybe most importantly, switching careers. I think freelancing is really great when you want to switch careers. So let me give you a hypothetical example, right? I, 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 let's say you, you are an accountant, sure. um, but you don't enjoy it anymore. And um, you find that you're really passionate about graphic design. 
And so what you do is instead of, you know, there's option A, which is very expensive, you leave your job, go to school, and I don't know if they have their graphic design degree, two years diploma, and see if you could get a job in the future. It's, it's a big financial risk. Option B, what you can do is continue to work in accounting, start developing skills in graphic design part-time, you know, create some designs for yourself, right? Just so you can quickly create them and become that, become proficient. Then what you do is you go to a site like Fiverr or Upwork, where you can actually bid on projects which pay very little because there are companies with low budget and they just want to see some experience and you, all you need is a portfolio. So you bid for those projects. Obviously that is not going to make a big income. So you start getting a few clients, you build a portfolio. So now then what happens is over time, you go to Fiverr or Upwork, over six to 12 months, you, you're doing your accounting job, you're not hurting your income. I would never encourage anyone to quit the job and do something because it is financially dangerous. So right. always you know, have your full-time job, part-time you build your portfolio. So now the key thing is you have a skill, you have experience and you have a portfolio. So now what you can do is you can approach companies. So let's say you decide that, you know what? I don't, I not only want to become a graphic designer, but I want to become a graphic designer for, I don't know, CBD companies or, or blockchain, whatever you, what, you, you, you love that niche. So what do you do is you reach out to these companies and pitch them on your service and send them your portfolio and um, they can look at it and they say, yeah, I need you for this. I need you for that. And it's, it's a numbers game, of course, email. Uh, it's easy to find anyone's email with tools like Hunter and, clear bit and uh, find that lead. And eventually what will happen is some of these companies in that industry will hire you for one-off projects. And when you see that you're building an affinity towards one company, you can say, listen, I've been doing this for a while for you. It looks like you have a lot of needs. I don't know if there is an opening, but if there is an opening, I would love to work full-time for your company and ditch all my other clients mm -hmm. because this is perfect. And if you have, if you have done a good job for them, they would do it, right? Yeah. So companies, it's like a, it's like a profit and loss. If they're spending so much on a freelancer, and they're getting X, uh, when they hire you full time, they know they can get you more by paying a set amount. So that's another good example as well. Um, and that that the reason I know it works is I do freelance content writing. Some of my clients have asked me if I want to come on board full time, because I like freelancing and the in the choice a lot. I declined it but they just prove that people will hire you full-time if you're, they're happy with your freelancing service. Yeah. This whole thing could take six to 12 months. You're not losing your accounting income. You might hate it, <laughs> but hey, suck it up for one year and then you have a new career. And once you get your first job, it's every, anyone will tell you, it's, after that, it's, it's sort of a smooth sailing. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the, the transition to another career if you're gonna make a pivot is always gonna be longer and that's because you don't have that first experience. And I think you've shown two really good methods on how to get that initial experience to make that transition so much easier for the rest of your time within that career space. So, and, and just to clarify, the difference between side hustle and doing freelance work is with a side hustle, it's, you know, you're the person that's selling the service, you are the business. And um, with part-time work, you are essentially working for another company and they're providing you the steady flow of work, correct? Exactly. It, it's side hustle, meaning you are, the, it's like a small business, very mini business. Pre-freelancing is like you are a, 
you're self-employed and you have tons of different clients. Awesome. Well, this has been really informative and I'm not just saying that um, because I think that you've done a really good job at providing stories and, and visuals and, and even getting my imagination going. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I mean, these are, uh, I, I'm sharing this because most of them are, I've tried it myself. So if I've not tried something, I would never share them. So if it works for me and I, I didn't learn, I didn't come up with this. I learned about this from others yes. as well. So it is proven. And if you apply, you can definitely uh, be on the same path. Awesome. Great. Nassar, you have been very helpful so far. What final words of advice would you have for struggling job seekers? Yeah. One thing I would say to job seekers is I think the most important thing is mindset. And uh, the one mindset, no matter which what situation you are in, whether you are a mid-career professional or a new grad, um, if you always approach a job search in, in about thinking about you, I need a job, I need to pay my bills, uh, from a place of desperation or all about you, um, you are decreasing your effectiveness or your chances. Always approach a job search with the mindset of you are a problem solver. It's not about you. It's about your employer. Um, if you're an accountant, you solve accounting problems. Your, your employer, potential employer is struggling with those issues. If you're a salesperson, your employer is struggling with getting sales and you can transfer those skills and help them. So if you go with that mindset right before you write your resume to you applying to that job, to having that conversation, and people can sense that mindset, you will increase your chances of getting hired. It's always about them. And I hate to say this, nobody cares about you. I, I, I know it's, 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 <laughs> it's, uh, it's mean and it sounds very, I don't know the right word for it. At the end of the day, your employer cares about what you can do for them. And if you can demonstrate it, you will become successful. I love that. Thank you so much. You've been a fantastic guest. How can listeners find out more about you or what you're doing? Yeah, I think the best place to find me, um, Chris, is careermedis.com. If they, go, if they go there, they'll see a lot of information. They can also reach me at my email, Nisar, my first name at careermedis.com. I'm active on LinkedIn. I'm there every day. If someone reach, reaches out to me, I'm also be happy to provide them guidance as well. My first name is Nisar, last name is Ahmed, and you can usually easily find me on LinkedIn. That sounds good. And, you know, of course, for this, this uh, podcast, I always like to provide those links on the description. So listeners right now, if you are um, doing something right now, if you're busy, make sure to stop by later and, you know, check out those links. They'll be directly linked within the description of this podcast. All right, Nisar Ahmed, thank you so much. You've been fantastic. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me on the show. Perfect. So this wraps up our 131st episode of the Career Warrior podcast. I really loved this one just because I, I think that there were so many good illustrations and examples of how the unconventional strategy can lead to a career transition or career pivot. Um, you know, I think a lot of us, myself included, are a little too linear focused. So we're just thinking, how do I get my resume to submit it to a job portal? How do I get an interview and how do I get the job? That's not the way it works in the real world, at least not all the time. So I think if a lot of us keep an open mind to some other ways that we can effectively apply for jobs, then we're a lot more likely to be open to our next fit, to our next dream job. So highly recommend listeners keep an open mind as they are um, really enduring their job search right now and encourage um, encourage job seekers to really stay strong out there. I know it's not always easy and uh, we're here with you every single moment. 
So this concludes our 131st episode. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you on Thursday.